What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. On today's episode, we'll be talking about the Game 7s that happened just last night and how this whole playoff everything just shows how far the Bulls really are from contention and what they need to do this offseason to get closer to that. If they can even, how, how close they can get to that is really the question. We'll also be reviewing Patrick Williams' season, which is one of the most difficult season reviews I've done thus far and hopping into the mailbag. All that and more on today's Chicago Bulls You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. All right, Bulls fans. Um, so last night's Game 7s were very, very interesting, just in the fact that Two game seven, same night, expected to be very closely competitive games, at least I did, considering how those series have went so far. And those games were decided well before the fourth quarter in most cases. Luka Doncic is just a, an amazing player, right? And it's funny how he does it with not being the most athletic player or flashy player or anything like that. It's really, he's just a great basketball player. And he just gets shit done. And seeing Luka and that confidence build uh, and all that, and, and it, it, it was great to see. And then over in the Bucks uh, Celtics series, just the Celtics coming out and winning that game to go into the Eastern Conference Finals to face the Miami Heat. And just with everything that's gone on in the Eastern Conference Finals so far, it really just shows how far the Bulls are. And the reason why I want to talk about that is because there's this mindset of, well, Zach Levine can't win you a title, right? And this is where I want to go into with this, and I want to hear from you guys on this, is that there's no one player that can win you a title. Look at LeBron James, who many people think is, is the greatest of all time. I don't, but some people do. Uh, he had a superstar with him at every time, if not multiple superstars with him, every time he's ever won an NBA championship. So the mindset that, that Zach Levine can't win you a title alone, I agree with. There's not any player in the NBA that alone can win you a title. There's just not any. So that whole that whole response to the Zach Levine max contract thing, I don't believe. And this is something that I wanted to talk about and, and spin into this. And this may be something that some people agree with, some people don't agree with. One thing that I'm going to compare it to is the Boston Celtics. I'm not going to compare it to this year's Boston Celtics. I'm going to compare it to Paul Pierce's Boston Celtics. The year in which Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, and, and KG all came together, nobody would have said that Paul Pierce is a player that you can build a championship team around. But guess what? The Celtics stayed committed to their superstar. They stayed committed to the building piece that they had. And that piece led to Ray Allen being interested in coming to the team. They traded for Ray Allen. And then KG, a player who at, turned down, turning, uh, turning down, uh, he turned down a trade to, to the Boston Celtics. He decided not to waive his trade clause. But then after Ray Allen went there, he decided to waive it and go ahead and go to Boston. So what I'm saying with this is, unless you guys have a crystal ball to where you can see every potential deal that's going to be made available that AK and Eversley are going to be able to make over the course of Zach Levine's max contract, which none of you do, you can't say that that just because we signed Zach Levine to a max contract means that we're never going to be in title contention. Because guess what? You have to have when you have a player that can be top 10 in scoring. He was top 12 this year with being injured half the season. When you have a player that has an elite skill, which is what Zach Levine is and which is what the max contract really is for is if you have an elite skill or have performed at an elite level. And Zach Levine absolutely has an elite skill, no matter what his detractors say. When you have a player like that, you keep that in your building because, because guess what? That is a building block that you have that players are going to be interested in playing with. And best believe players are going to be interested in coming and play with Zach Levine, especially with how he's 
gained an, an efficiency over the course of his of his NBA career. Now we know the second half of this season did not go the way that we would have wanted to, or Zach Levine would have wanted to. But this is just something that I wanted to talk about in this: is that yes. Yes, Zach Levine alone is not going to win you an NBA title, but that doesn't mean he doesn't get the max. That doesn't, and then you have this mindset of some people that think that just because Zach Levine gets a max level deal, it means that the Bulls can't ever make any other trades. The Bulls are actually in a very good salary cap position. Maybe not this upcoming season, but seasons down the road, we have both Vooch and DeMar's contracts coming off the books one year after each other. The Bulls can very well maintain by signing shorter deals in between those times leading into that. They can very much use the ending of DeMar DeRozan's contract and, and you know, fill it with shorter-term deal, option deals to maintain that cap space and that cap flexibility long-term when you have over $40 million coming off your books in the next two years. Now, again, that's not going to translate to that same amount of money being available for to, to spend on, on free agents, but you can position certain things we know that io has a contract extension coming up we know that patrick williams is going to have a contract extension coming up but with that said they can still maintain some cap flexibility and we don't know what maneuvering they're going to do with the expiring deals or anything like that this bulls team is in a really good position and when people talk about you know just because if you sign zach levine to max contract that that's going to harpen the bulls going forward forever no or the fact that that zach levine he's not going to win you a title alone yeah that's true there's not there's not very many players. You have to be damn near generational to, to say that one player, and even then you still need other players. Like Giannis needs Chris Middleton next to him. Now, yes, they've been they well, a player like Giannis with a good uh, core around him, which they have over in Milwaukee, can go deeper into the playoffs. But again, to win a title, you need somebody else next to him, either another superstar or star-level player next to them. And Zach Levine is that for the Chicago Bulls. This is what I want to think. But like I said and what I started with this on, this watching – this playoffs go on, it just really highlights how much work AK and Eversley and how much maneuvering they're going to have to do if they're not going to change that core, which it seems like they're not. They're going to have to vastly improve that bench. It's going to be interesting to see what they do to improve that bench. But next, let's get into the season review of Patrick Williams. And this is one of the most difficult things that I've done. And I've put this off for the most part of the season because how can you really evaluate a player off 17 games play? Nine games started in those 17 his averages were, were nine points, very close to what they were last year. He averaged less assists than what he did last year. His rebounds were close to what they were last year as well. His free throw percentage risen some. His three-point percentage went from 39.1% to 51.7%. Now, again, that's with taking about the same amount of threes. So in his rookie year, he averaged 0.8 to 1.9 three-pointers taken per game. In this season, in the 17 games, he averaged 0.9 to 1.7 taken per game and hit him at a better clip his overall field goal percentage again was 52 percent but it's such a small sample size and what we were able to take from it that it's really difficult to take to to know how to evaluate him now in the in the postseason in five game plays played in the postseason he averaged 11.8 so just under two points per game 72 percent field goal percentage 5.8 rebounds uh just under one assist and one block per game and one steal per game he shot the ball at 33% from field goal range, taking way more threes at 1.4 to 3.2 per game in those five games and averaged 30 minutes per game. So that's the playoff. But it's it's difficult to give him a grade in this. And I want to hear from you guys on this. Like, you, I can grade it based off those 17 games. And over the course of those 17 games, he got better every step of the way. Of course, with the regular season, that Minnesota game being the best one where they actually really played through him a lot. And you got to see what he can do facilitating and things like that. And it made it exciting and everything 
uh, there to see the potential that he has to do that. But we need to see that over the course of a full season. We need to see that against better competition. We didn't get a chance to see it in the playoffs because they just didn't use him in the same way that they used him in that Minnesota game. So taking a look at at just Patrick Williams' season, it's very difficult to rate. His PER raised from 10.53 to 12 again, but that's such a shorter sample size. His true shooting percentage was up to 62, 63.7%, so almost 64% there. But those raw numbers, and this is one of the times where numbers and analytics don't really do much for you for a player that only played 17 games. So I really have to give, and this may be a cop-out to some, I have to give Patrick Williams an incomplete. There's just not enough information for me given in 17 games, 22 if you count the playoffs, to give this guy an actual grade. Now, I will say that there was a lot of things and flashes of things that I saw from Patrick Williams that I wanted to see from him this season when he did come back. There, there were certain games in that, but there was still some of that timidness, timidness to, um, to not take shots. There was some of that. We saw some aggression from him in some games, especially in some of the playoffs. He played very good defensively in the playoffs as well, but it's just it's not a big enough sample size for me to fairly feel like I can grade this player. And while even players like Lonzo played 35 games, I gave him a grade. Players like Alex Caruso played, what, 41 games right at halfway through the season. I felt comfortable giving him a grade. But at 17 games, it's really hard to give a player a grade in that case. So I have to give him an incomplete, but an incomplete with saying that he did show a lot of the things that I did want to see from him. Now, it wasn't enough of a sample size, but I did get to see some of the things that I wanted to see from Patrick Williams. What's the grade that you guys give Patrick Williams down below? I'm not even going to put up a poll in this one. I just want to hear from you guys on this because I just think it's really difficult to give Patrick Williams a grade um, personally. Um, but like I said, go, having a full offseason, we know he's going to go work out with DeMar, do those 6 a.m. workouts. I really want to see from him what what he comes into the offseason looking, the postseason looking like, all those those things. Can't wait to see that from Patrick Williams. And Patrick Williams still has that potential, still only 20 years old, which I know you guys are probably tired of hearing like me. Um, but I would say in the third year, we really need to see some serious progression from Patrick Williams. And I hope that we do. And I think that we have a chance of seeing that as well, if I'm just being honest with Patrick Williams. But let me know what you guys think down below. These are just my thoughts. I want to hear your guys' thoughts as well on this. Let me know down below. Let's go ahead and get into the next one. This is Jamal who leaves a voicemail about this. What's up, hey? This your boy Jamal back again with another voicemail for you. Um, this guy done watch one of your videos, and it's crazy that people still think that the worst trade that Bulls have ever made in franchise history is the trade for Nikola Vucevic. Like, because Vucevic gave you a down year of 17 and 11 versus Wendell Carter, uh, that's the worst trade in franchise history. Like, these people don't, don't remember that we traded uh, traded LaMarcus Aldridge for Tyrus Thomas. Like, that has always been the worst trade to me. But even beyond that, the thing that is annoying me right now about Bulls fans is just the level that they have of players that have left and are doing well in other organizations like like Bobby uh, Portis and everything. And don't get me wrong, I love Bobby. I think Bobby would, I would love to have Bobby back on the team. I think he'd be great and everything. But you have all these Bulls fans now talking about, oh, See, we should have never traded Bobby. Well, we should have never traded Wendell Carter. When a lot of these guys, when they were on the team, y'all didn't want them there anywhere. Y'all said they were bust or they weren't good enough either. Now you want to trade away all the pieces you do have that are good or can potentially become good for them back or for other players just because you see their potential. Like you said, it basically goes back to what you said, which is that as Bulls fans, we for some odd reason seem to undervalue 
our players and then overvalue players on other teams. I've seen people talk about Zach being like, oh, yeah, Zach is a 25-point game score and, he, and things like that, but he can't help us on the championship, so we need to trade him because he, he he's just not going to be that piece that helps us win the championship by himself. And I'm like, of course not. He's not meant to do it by himself. But who wants to give away a 25-point-per-game guaranteed score? That's not easy to come by in this league. Oh, well, it, for fans, and their logic doesn't always make sense. That's why fans need to be fans of my GM. So, as always, see where it go, boys. All right, so Jamal is, you know, I, I'm glad, too. And, you know, even in looking at, like, and I'll have one of the episodes. Once we finish all the player grades, I'll go over all the polls. I'm glad that, you know, Jamal realizes, like, you know, this is the, the, the Vooch trade was not the worst trade. And I'm glad that he mentioned the Lamarcus Aldridge for Tyrus Thomas trade because that is a bad trade, right? Look, look back at what the Bulls' outlook would have been had they kept LaMarcus Aldridge, right, instead of, instead of Tyrus Thomas. But with that being said, we may not have Derrick Rose if that was the case. Um, so everything kind of happens for a reason. I'm not one of those people who go back what it could have, should have, like the Daniel Gaffords, the Bobby Portises, and all that. Like, they were all traded for a reason at that time. And had we kept them, who knows? Maybe we wouldn't have had the money to get Lonzo. Maybe we wouldn't have the money to get DeMar, things like that. Um, and and I, it's easy to just say, hey, we should have kept this player. But not really easy to take a look at it and evaluate what does that change for the Bulls' cap outlook and what other additions did they make or not make. So things like that, I really don't go back and and, and really do the woulda, coulda, shouldas with Chicago Bulls moves. That's just not something that I do, but I understand it as fans. We're all destined to do that. It's bound to happen at times. Um, but that's my thoughts on it. But shout out to Jamal for leaving that voicemail. Shout out to you. Jamal is always a big supporter here. But that is it for Chicago Bulls Central on today's episode. Make sure you're following the podcast at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, BullsCentralPod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text and or voicemail to get played on the show like Jamal's did, the number to do that is 773-270-2799. Like I liked in everything on. Go Bulls. Love you guys. See red. Don't be red. Peace, y'all. This has been a presentation of The Break Break Media. Media.